With us live via telephone is Dr. Benjamin Epstein. The book is called Living in the Presence, a Jewish Mindfulness Guide for Everyday Life. Dr. Epstein is a um, is quite prominent in his field, to say the least. The reason his name might be familiar to our audience is because, as he writes in his acknowledgments, for the past six summers, his family and he have had the opportunity to spend their summers in Camp Hask, where we've spoken to him, by the way. He works as the Director of Staff Development and Clinical Research, and much of the material that formed this book came from lectures in Zichot that he gave to the staff up at Camp Hask. The book is called Living in the Presence. Dr. Benjamin Epstein, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nahum, Miriam. It's a, it's a big supposed to be here in this capacity, and uh, thank you guys uh, appreciate, for allowing me this opportunity. Appreciate that very much. The, the book is amazing. I mean, the book is, is, is so comprehensive and deals with so many important topics uh, when it comes to people you know, incorporating important things in their lives. I mean, for whom was this book written? I think it was written for myself originally. It's something that uh, I've been thinking about for a long, long time, since graduate school, since I did my dissertation on mindfulness. And it just struck me that every single teacher of Buddhism in the West, in America, Jack Cornfield and Joseph Goldstein and Sharon Salzberg, they're all Jewish. And I was bothered by the fact that we didn't have our own tradition and our own sources and our own resources and our own teachers that can really um, sort of show us the way in these practices that are so necessary for this, for specifically for our generation, when we're so bothered and harrowed and, and torrid with the, the internet and our smartphones. I was just speaking with Dr. David Pelkovich, who's a hero, H-E-R-E-O. We're going to start that as a thing, people who are heroes and present. Um, where he speaks about this is the challenge of our times, the distraction and the diffusion, and we need high-quality material. And uh, hopefully this book will satisfy um, people of your audience, people who I'm acquainted with, um, to look to our tradition, to look to our spiritual resources, to be able to really fully connect to their own lives and to grow as, as Jews. One, c- one could argue, Dr. Epstein, and I say this with, with the utmost respect, because I, I, I stand by my words that this book is remarkable. But one could argue that, that when it comes to Jewish sources that speak about the topics that you bring up, and we'll try to get to some of them, of course, uh, th- there's a large number of Jewish sources, whether you want to start with Chumash itself or go to the Talmud or certainly Musr Sfarim, I guess what you know <laughs> that category that, that this audience is familiar with. Many of them are, in fact, Jewish sources on these topics. Would you agree? I'd agree. i agree. It's just the way it's presented and where the focus is and how we can bring it into our day-to-day lives. When you think of Shabbos, the first thing that, does, that comes to your mind, it's a day of don't cut toilet paper. It's a day of we're rushing to get into it to make sure that everything is done before lift benching, as opposed to cultivating a mindset of really just allowing things to be as they are. So it's sort of shifting the mindset. It's all there. It's shulchan aruch. It's it's spread out in front of all of us. It's just sort of shifting how we're looking at it. Exactly right in terms of just looking at the Torah. When we're given the Torah, we're supposed to learn it, 
A person should look at the Torah like it's brand new. How does one do that? These are all wonderful ideas. But if we're not presented in a methodical and a laid-out way, we're not going to be able to do it. These are all nice ideas that we can say in theory, but to actually practice, to be able to learn how to sit with one's thoughts, to be able to learn to sit with one's emotions, to be able to really connect. Davening is itself a meditation. In theory, the Gemara says that a person should be davening all day, which we can, in theory, be doing if we train ourselves correctly. And that's really the overarching goal. One day, to to sort of reclaim this. And Arya Kaplan, Zatzal, Rav Arya Kaplan, was starting this 30 years ago. And I'm not saying I'm a continuation of this, because I can't get to his his heels. But just we've sort of gotten away from the, the practice of this. Yeah, and by the way, and, 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 you, when people when people pick up the book, they'll see just how well you're describing this. Um, and I would add the following. You already have alluded to the fact that among the younger generation, distraction and all the elements that go along with it are a major obstacle to all of this, to the mindfulness that you're promoting. I would say for the older generation, because now I could speak for that generation, uh, it might be the 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 amount of responsibility that's been incorporated into one's life, especially thank God, as we compared to other generations in the past, you know, have thank God, children, grandchildren, many responsibilities to deal with. Uh, and I think that sometimes all those you know things that necess- that that really demand our time will take away from the mindfulness that you're looking for. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's certainly the, 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 it's ironic because we have so many ways of making our lives easier in theory because of technology and because of the way things have developed. And what we're losing is the ability to really focus on what it is because we're, we're just pulled in so many different directions. And what ends up happening is we just become very diffuse and we become very... Um, fragmented, right? And what I think Judaism, what our, what our, what our, what our traditions have taught us is that there's really one, one overarching theme, and that's really vacuous, really connecting to God in everything that we're doing, in every opportunity. It could be when you're in the base measures, it could be when you're in the office, it could be when you're eating, it could be when you're sleeping. That and but if we're not bringing that conscious of it, and we're sort of just going through the motions, it loses its meaning, it loses its fire. And um, what ends up happening is people become, it becomes stale. I mean, we're coming into Pesach right now, and we're going to be searching for the chametz because we get stale. The, the, the ideas that used to be fresh and used to be invigorating for us are suddenly losing its, its, its fire, and we need to reclaim that. Dr. Benjamin Benji Epstein with us live via telephone, Living in the Presence, a Jewish Mindfulness Guide for Everyday Life. It's an Urim Publications release. I think the point you just made is is really the overarching theme, and that is that uh, if one gets caught up, and again, I say this with respect, I understand how important our tradition is, but if one gets caught up in the minutia of Jewish observance, and I'm sure you know exactly what I mean by that, especially with Passover approaching, that it's sometimes hard to stop and really put oneself mindfully in a proper place. And so therefore, and, and, and as I read through some of the chapters in your book and some of the things that you mention, it looks like that's an overall theme 
that one essentially has to figure out a way to slow down and really appreciate being in the moment. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me like when when one says to a bride or groom, you know, your wedding's about to take place. Try to, you know, live it minute by minute because if you don't do it that way, it's going to go by so quickly it'll be over by the time it starts, you know, in one's mind. And I sort of I, I sort of think that that's your message about life that if you don't slow down and really incorporate into your mind what is happening, it's just going to fly right by. Exactly. Exactly. And the irony is, is time is only happening minute by minute by minute. We can only go through life living moment by moment by moment. We can only be doubled. We can only attach ourselves to our higher purpose right now. What happened in the past of our eye is gone. And I'll see that dying, and it's, it's not going to be. So the only place, the only moment that we have that, like what Victor Frankl would call that ability to between stimulus and response is this space. And in that space lies our choice, and that lies our freedom. How we choose that response ability is happening moment by moment by moment. And we can always get it back. We lose it, we bring it back. We lose it, we bring it back. Always to the present moment right now. And it can always be that stepping stone for sort of propelling us in the right direction that we want to be heading. So you could be in that dark room for, for a day or even, even, even a week or a month, but once you turn on that light of that awareness, of that connectivity, then the room is illuminated and everything becomes very clear about what it is you're supposed to be doing right now, moment by moment by moment. By the way, who's better at this? If you sat with me, the guy who's married 30 years and tried to get me to focus the way you just described, or if you're sitting with the you know 19-year-old counselors up in Parksville, who's better at incorporating this into their lives? It, it's, it's we all have this capacity. I mean, there's nobody who's a better listener than you. You are, you are, I mean, I know therapeutically, I'm talking, I, I've, I've gained skills from listening to you to be able to be fully engaged in whatever it is you're doing. Meaning we went from eight on cats, you know, singing about <laughs> to talking about this. And it's just like seamlessly, it's like right now, the only person in the world who exists for Malcolm Siegel is the guest on, on the phone right now. And that is a tremendous mindfulness skill. And it's, and it's going with whatever is happening right now. Not the way you want it to be and not the way it should have been happening, but it's really seeing reality as it is without any of the biases. And I think that having, you know, a, a little bit of age with the wisdom of age, you, you, you know, to talk about patience with you and allowing things to sort of come into fruition is probably more meaningful because for the 18, 19-year-old, it's more of a theoretical. But just to sort of, I look at the work I do at Haskin in therapy as planting seeds. Because right. we're changing the way that they're speaking about things. We're talking about cultivating compassion and being more aware of their own feelings and their thoughts, which for adolescents is very, very new. By the way, I'm sorry, but, yes. but I just have to add, it's not just biases. These days, no matter what age you're at, there's so many pressures. It is hard to sit uh, at Kabbalat Shabbat on Friday night without thinking of the pressures of the week and, and what pressures are being suspended for the next 25 hours till you get back to it. Do you know what I mean? 100%, which is why we sort of have to cultivate an idea of, of Arab Shabbos. And th this is brought down not, not even in like the Musr and the Hasidic Spartan. It's brought down in the tour. It's brought down in the Halacha that a person's consciousness, a person's mindset before they go into Shabbos is nira asuya. A person should view it as if all of his work is done, which is not some sort of theoretical or some sort of way of uh, self-hypnosis of trying to convince yourself. It's a real practice to, to believe that everything is the way it's supposed to be, and everything around Shabbos 
is cultivated around this. Don't do Borer. Why not? Because we are conducting ourselves as if everything is the way it's supposed to be. And it isn't Me'ain Olam Haba. It's a taste of something that's going to be messianic where we're fully clear about everything that we're doing is really just the way God planned it. And we have to conduct ourselves as such. And so it's, it's much harder. And we're going from the formal practice of Shabbos of where you say to yourself, I can't do anything about it right now. That means if I'm fully accepting and I'm really present and I'm at my Shabbos table at that time, then that board meeting is done. And that, and that uh, paper that needs to get done, or that even, even Rahman Lutan, if somebody's not well, right, right now I'm, I'm conducting myself, and it's a, it, it's a tremendous practice, but it is certainly doable. And we have one day a week. You know, you look out in, the, in society, and there's a human for Shabbat or having, you know, having a day of rest from your, from, your, from your cell phone and from your email, and we have that built into our week. And we look at it, and we, and we praise it as such, and we look really imbue our, our families with that, that that creates a sensitivity. And then we bring the Shabbos into the week or we pause in the middle of the conversation before we say that word, or we just take that deep breath before we walk out of the house. We touch the mezuzah. We look at our tzitzis. And it's just we have these built-in pauses to bring us back to that, to that Shabbos type of mindset. And by the way, I, I, <laughs> not to minimize Shabbos, but I feel bad because very often in these types of conversations, Shabbos starts to dominate, and you have so many other important topics here. And I know some of them are tied into Shabbos, but when you discuss Chesed and when you discuss Tmimut and Simcha, which is such an important thing, and Modeh, Modani, and, and just in general, being a, a you know somebody who who wakes up with the proper attitude, and of course Torah. I mean, it's a, and Shuva. It's a lot of things here in this book that people will gain from. But I have to say to you, uh, as an addendum to all this, I was on the phone with a friend of mine on Friday. Excuse me, the opposite. I was trying to reach a friend of mine with a desperate uh, phone call, and I, I called maybe ten times. So Saturday night, I said to him, "Didn't you see that there were like ten missed calls?" So he says, "No, I shut my phone." Four o'clock every Friday, no matter when Shabbat starts. I said, "What? You know, is that, is, how do how do how do you live? How do you get through the next three hours?" You know, he said, "No, I, I've disciplined myself. It must be over at four o'clock, no matter what, because I just need to turn off the world." And that turn off the world concept, even though I just mentioned it again in the Shabbos concept, can really be applied to a lot of things you write about. 100%. 100%. And, and it's really, even in that idea of when you're learning Torah, it's Adam ki yamus ba'ohel. It doesn't mean you're supposed to, to you know, Rahman al-San, do something terrible to yourself. Right. It means that everything else, it's as if you are not, it's it, you're dead. The phone rings, you don't pick it up. Because right now, you are focused solely on what it is you're supposed to be doing. Again, you're not a sniper who's got that, you know, bullseye and he's not moving at all. You have this psychological flexibility to move to whatever it is you're bringing your focus to. But really cultivating this awareness and, and patience and, and, and compassion, and really we have a built-in system if it's, it's sort of taught in this way. And I'm really hopefully speaking to some educators about how we can bring this into the schools um, to make davening more of, of, of a, a spiritual experience as opposed to sort of checking off the box. I struggle with it. You know, it's like this sort of one reason we check the boxes off. And some days you're just going to have to do that, and that's okay too. By the way... That same attitude applies to a lot of other things you write about. You, you'd, you'd also encourage people to, to, to encourage their students to do chesed in a proper way and have that as, as a positive experience because people need to know, you know, again, you know, where to direct 
uh, their their kindness and their generosity and things like that. And that really goes uh, again. It's one of those themes that really plays through every one of these chapters and every one of these thoughts. That it's not just it's slowing down, it's taking notice, it's it's concentrating where one needs to concentrate, but also one needs to know, you know, in in, in terms of their positive activities, how to direct, you know, the good things they want to do. Right. And cultivating cultivating these attitudes. Right. It's really doing the work from the inside out. And once we start to recognize that our tradition is so deep, and, and you know, Purim is a mindfulness holiday. People come up and say, Purim is mindfulness. They're so excited. The fact that we're using these phrases, we're, we're speaking about these terms, that they've entered into, their, into our, our lexicon, is also so um, refreshing. You know, it's not some, some sort of heebie-jeebie or some Eastern philosophical idea. It's something that's relevant to us in our day-to-day, in our moment-to-moment, and we can always reclaim that awareness. If, you know, you could be going through your entire day. You haven't thought about your wife all day, but she's there in that, in that latent awareness. It's the same thing. Their power. I mean, we can always just tap into it, that, that sort of innate ability, when we allow ourselves to pause, when we believe in our inherent worth and goodness, when we see that there's more right with us than there is wrong with us. And it just changes everything. It's deceptively simple, but it really just can encapsulate a person's entire life because we only have this moment. But if we keep our focus on this moment and we go there, you know, come from Pesach to the Sirius Omar, we could make the days count instead of counting the days to get to, to Shavuot, to get to Kabbalah Torah, which is being constantly given to us. It's a constant awareness that we can always connect. You learn another Daf Gemara, you learn another Stephen Halach, and it's just like it becomes alive, becomes, and everything becomes illuminated. And uh, I'm really hoping, I mean, the, the feedback has been extremely... You there, Dr. Epstein? Hello? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Now, yes, we, now we hear you. Yeah. The feedback's been good, you I'm were sorry. saying. Yeah, see, that's been, been fantastic. And, I mean, I, the, the head of the Duke Spirituality Center uh, wrote a nice, uh, a nice little blurb for the book. And uh, with Moshe Weinberger Shlita and with Judah Michelle, the chief rabbi of the world, and uh, <laughs> Tal Ben Shachar. Re- oh, you didn't think I was going to go through the whole interview without giving Judah some love? <laughs> and um, and the, the, the feedback has been so overwhelmingly positive. And, and you give it to somebody, and they're like, oh, how did you know I needed this? And the answer is, we all need this because our brains aren't trained to work like that. And so we have to work more consciously to bring ourselves back to the moment because our brains are constantly scanning environments for threat, worrying about the past, or anxious about the future, and it's just tearing us away from what's really important to us. Yeah, well... Everybody, everybody, wants to be, everybody wants to be more present in their lives with their work, with their spouses, with their children, with their avodah Hashem. Everybody wants to be fully there. And like you said, in this generation, we're dealing with a lot of things pulling at it. And, and we have the entire wisdom of our And so um, these are just, it's just the right time and the right place. And I feel very, very blessed that I'm someone who can relay the, the transmissions I've been getting from my teachers, from my Rebbe and from my learning, and, and hopefully be able to, to help people um, live more fully. Living in the Presence, a Jewish mindfulness guide for everyday life. Uh, amazingly well written. Really, really good stuff, everybody. I'm telling you, uh, I enjoyed so many of these chapters. It's Dr. Rabbi Benjamin Epstein. It's an Urim Publications release. I'm assuming it's available everywhere. 
It's available everywhere, Amazon and your local Judaica store. If you don't see it in your local Judaica store, tell them to call Katav Publishing, and they'll send over a couple copies. Living in the Presence, Jewish Mindfulness Guide for Everyday Life. You know the, you know the great radio announcer, Art Russ Jr., you know what he used to say, Dr. Epstein? I do not. He used to say, yesterday is a canceled check, tomorrow is a promissory note, today is all we got. And I think that fits today right. Today is all we got. Yeah, I think that there fits, you go. fits right into our theme. Great speaking to you. Best regards, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Nachum, and looking forward to seeing you in the summer. There's Rata Shem. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.